Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode two. So yesterday we touched on what's the most important thing in your life. You know, let's sit down and evaluate what, you know, what's important in our lives. Ranking what is, you know, what should be the head of our lives, you know. And I think it should be God. I don't know about you guys, but I think God should be the most important thing. So now, um, I'm just going to take you guys through my Bible study sessions. You know, I've, I've been reading my Bible every night. I started in John. That's what I had suggested because that was what was suggested to me. So I read John and, you know, it, it basically tells you leading up to Jesus's death. And, you know, I was low-key crying, you know, because I'm like, you know, I knew it happened, but I was so invested in the story. I'm like, I literally cannot believe someone so close to you or someone who thinks or who says they're so close to you could just betray you like that. Like, it's so awful to me, but I know it was meant to happen. And if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have access to God. So thank you, Jesus, for willingly, willingly sacrificing your life for me, for all of us. And I was like, well, I read about his death and I want to get to know, you know, who he is, his beginning. So I figured I should start in Matthew, you know, in my Bible, Matthew, right before that, it says the Testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then you flip the page and it's Matthew. So I'm like, all right, well, this got to be the beginning. If, you know, John was the end, this is where it has to start. And it gives you like 14 generations, you know, all the way leading up to Jesus. And basically, this is just talking about the miracle and the works that he's doing and helping people throughout the land. You know, he told the... He told his disciples that they have the power to do the same thing he's doing throughout, you know, God's kingdom. So I am on chapter, I'm pretty sure I finished 15 last night before I recorded the other one. You guys are getting all the raw recordings, by the way. I'm not editing any of this stuff. So you are getting authentic Jordan McCrone. That is me. All right, we are on chapter 16. Now, I like to read the last verse of the previous chapter before, just so, you know, in case I forget anything I'm remembering, you know, it might help bring, you know, jog my memory. So I'm also, I have King James, a King James Bible, but I have the Bible, the Holy Bible app, and I also have this open in AMP, which is the Amplified Bible, because we all know King James can be fairly confusing. <laughs> so the Amplified Bible just gives a more in-depth description of what's trying of you know what's trying to be relayed in the message. So Matthew chapter 16. Do whatever you guys need to do to fully understand the word, to to really take it in, you know, receive what he's trying to give. So chapter 16, we're going to read this whole chapter and then, you know, kind of summarize it afterwards, in between whatnot. So in King James Version, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him 
that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, and he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember, the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Alright, so now I'm going to switch over to AMP, because I feel like I'm just reading, and I want to actually take it in. So we'll start at verse... Two, But he replied to them, When it's evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it'll be stormy today, for the sky is red and has a threatening look. Ye know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and morally unfaithful generation craves a miraculous sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then he left them and went away. When the disciples reached the other side of the sea, they realized that they had forgotten to bring bread. Jesus said to them, Watch out and be on your guard against the leaving of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, He said that because we did not bring bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, You men of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you still not understand or remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many baskets you picked up? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many large baskets you picked up? How is it that you fail to understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaving of the bread, but of the false teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Sadducees, Sadducees, I'm going to look up how the proper pronunciation of that word, but let's just say Sadducees right now. Verse 13. And now on, on the Amplified Bible, it kind of gives you like subtitles. And this one says, Peter's Confession of Christ. Now, when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that this man, that the son of man is? Who do people say that the son of man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, 
or just one of the prophets? He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus answered to him, Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, favored by God, are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Because flesh and blood, mortal man, did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, death, will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. I will give you the keys, authority, of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful, on earth will have already been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful, on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. Then he gave the disciples strict orders to tell no one that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. Jesus foretells his death. Verse 21. From that time on Jesus, Je from that time on Jesus began to show his disciples clearly that he must go to Jerusalem and endure many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised from death to life on the third day. Peter took him aside to speak to him privately and began to reprimand him, saying, May God forbid it. This will never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. Oh, that, that really must have hurt Peter's feelings, bro. Oh, my goodness. Discipleship is costly. Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciples, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life let me highlight that. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his Father with his angels. And then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Amen to the reading of God's word. Now, I highlighted verse 24 and 25 on my virtual Bible, and now I'll be doing that. 
on my regular Bible. 24 and 25. Let's read this in King James. Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. That's good. That is good indeed. What do you guys think? I know I can't hear you, but I hope you agree. <laughs> Alright, let's go back in here. Basically, now going back into how he said, you know, whoever wishes to follow me, he must deny himself. He must deny himself. Now, I will tell you guys something that I am dealing with. I want to save myself from marriage, you know, and that's coming from a really long way because in college, I didn't really have much respect for myself. Uh, you know, when I saw that some of my closer friends were separating from me because I wasn't caring about me, I didn't see it as I was hurting them. I saw it as I didn't care about myself. And maybe they cared too much, but they cared just the right amount. And it was me. I was the problem, not caring enough about myself. And now I'm in a relationship and I want to save myself from marriage because I just want to show God that he means more to me than any and everything, including myself, including my body, including what I think I want or what I might feel like I need. You don't need it. I don't need anything but the word of God. And you know, that's something that I'm working on. And you have to deny yourself sometimes. Sometimes the flesh must die. And I got to find that verse. Sometimes the flesh must die in order to, to really align with his will. Like I said yesterday, sometimes he wants you to do stuff that you might not want to do. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, it's what? It's working towards your greatest good. Not not a little bit good for you, but your greatest good. Look, and then we'll go back to verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, Sometimes, I'll tell you what, even where, even just tonight, I'm just going to be talking about me and giving my life examples. That way, maybe, maybe you guys go through the same thing and you'll see it in a different perspective. I wanted to get some Taco Bell tonight, but I looked at my bank account and I'm not broke. I'll never be broke following God and listening to his words. My bank account will never hit zero again, but I know that it probably would not be in my best interest to go out and buy Taco Bell tonight. So I went to Dollar General and I got something. I got a lot more for a lot less, you know, and sometimes you have to do that sacrifice in the in the moment that way you can reap the reward later. Now, going going to that, I'm going to go to Malachi 310. 
because I think some of us need to work on tithing. And if you want to reap the blessings this next season, I suggest you start sewing. So we are going to head to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I'm going to 547. So Malachi is the book right before Matthew. Matthew 3.10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Improve me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, some of us might not be going to church consistently, and that's all right. You know, he'll meet you where you're at, bro. And no one's going to condemn you for probably having a bad experience there before. I'll say that before I found this church, I wasn't going to church. I was more so just trying to strengthen my relationship with God because I felt like sometimes sometimes we go to churches and we see that they're not what they make themselves out to be or they might be faking it or they might act like they're holier than thou and make you feel like you're not good enough to be there or that you know you need to be there more than they do but in reality we all need Jesus we all need God you know, we all can use a little bit of fixing up in, in, in some subject, some way, shape, or form. We could all do better. No one is perfect. And if you are perfect, you better expect to be treated like Job <laughs> if you are perfect. And I don't think anyone is getting that Job treatment on this planet right now. But I could be wrong. You know, I'm, I know I'm not 100% right. But going back to tithing and, and sowing and reaping, God wants you to give you, to give him 10%. Now, if you guys aren't going to church, the church, my home church is Oasis Christian Center on Appalachie Parkway. And if you need to tithe somewhere, the cash app is dollar sign OCC. And you guys can attend the church on the live if you're not here. If you don't know where to go, but you want somewhere to start, you guys can definitely hop on the live stream. And you'll see me. I play trumpet. I'm a musician. I'd like to think I'm a well-rounded individual. Start a podcast. I started a business a little bit before this podcast that I'll get more into once everything is more uh, solidified and set up. But... I, I, I try and just do the best I can, but I will say my life changed when I started to tithe the right way. And one of <laughs> one of the members at the church referred to it as growing pains because I was like, I know this is for a reason. Like I, I remember tithing an actual 10% for the first time, but I wasn't properly managing my money. So it hurt a little bit more <laughs> when I did that full 10%. And then after that, you know, I got a stern talking to and they were just like, oh, these are the growing pains. You know, you're going through it right now. 
whenever whenever you do something that is meant to positively change your life guys expect expect something that may seem bad to happen but always know there is a lesson in everything there's a lesson in everything now i'll go into a testimony on saturday you know yesterday i said saturday was my birthday woot woot december 10th i'm 23 years old now this early earlier this past week i went and visited my younger brother his birthday is five days before mine i drove up after church the sunday prior to on the fourth and i came back on wednesday which was the seventh yes wednesday was the seventh on my birthday my tire was flat you know and, and god is so good that he allowed me to get my tire changed for free with the help of one of an amazing church member at you know my church that i invited to my dinner and i just found it so amazing how god preserved my life because i drove to atlanta in my car now, if that had happened while I was driving 80, 90, coming back there, I may not have been able to see my 23rd birthday. But you know what? God is so good that he preserved my life. That way I can continue to do his will. He preserved my life, y'all. And it's funny because I was just talking to a group of my friends earlier about how good he is, about how some things in my life he he's done and i didn't i didn't understand the magnitude of it until i got some more age you know gained a bit more maturity to where i was like wow like this man really does love me for real you know you might go through certain things in your life that make you feel like you're not worthy of love or make you feel like you don't deserve it or like you, you just deserve the worst and everyone hates you and no one cares about you. That's a lie from the pit. That is a lie. The devil is lying to you. You know how I know he's lying? Because even if you feel like nobody else in the world loves you, there's, there's one man that's going to love you regardless of what you do. There's, there's, there's one person who gonna love you forever regardless of what you do you in in man the level of forgiveness when you really feel that gratitude man because some we don't deserve him we don't deserve the good things that he does for us we don't deserve his goodness we don't deserve his mercy but he gives it all to us in abundance in abundance so help yourselves Help yourselves by tithing and watch your life change. If you have an issue with tithing, that means you're not managing your money properly. I will say that again, and I'm going to call out whoever need to be called out, because when I was called out, it helped me. So if you go to church and you're tithing and you get, let's say your paycheck is $100, which it it's not for most of us. Your paycheck is not going to be $100. Let's say you get a hundred dollars and you're like, dang, I only got a hundred and I kind of already spent 25. So now I'm at 75. Uh, and I know I got to put gas in my car and I know, I know I need to go put food on the table. 
So by the end of this, I'm only gonna have like maybe thirty dollars left. I can't I can't give them the ten dollars. I just gotta put five in. I, I'm gonna give what I can. I'm gonna give what I think I can. Baby, that is your fault. <laughs> God gave you that hundred dollar. And you should have preserved that ten for him. You know, as of right now, I don't uh I'm not currently uh working for uh, a boss right now I don't have a boss I'm an independent contractor shout out to Beatrice <laughs> I'm an independent contractor so my check depends on how much I go out and drive but whatever how how, how much I make I take out that 10% and I don't even count it as mine because that's not my money and I know I'm gonna give that straight to God I know that that is reserved for him, you know, so I don't want to be like, all right, I have a hundred dollars. Now I can, you know, I'm just going to spend this and spend this and make sure I have $20 left. No, if I get a hundred dollars, I actually have $90. So I need to act accordingly to how much I got paid. And, you know, the same thing goes for a hundred, a thousand, you know, 1200, however much money you make with your income. And add it up, because that matters. If you have more than one job, add it up. Don't tithe from one job. You know, that's not fair, because <laughs> God did not only give you one job. God gave you two, so you need to add it up, calculate it. Sometimes you got to do a little bit extra. Take out that calculator, calculadora on your phone, and do that, and give him what you owe him, because we owe him. God did not have to give me breath. And he definitely does not have to love me because I definitely don't deserve his love. And as you read your Bible, you'll see that a lot of this stuff is very repetitive. And then you'll read it. You'll be like, why are they saying that? Why is he saying the same thing over and over again? Because we need to hear it over and over again. You know, I remember reading John and being like, Lord, you're at these people are literally asking you for proof. And you have given them nothing but proof. Like it's literally in their eyes. And they're just like, mm, no. Or like they, they, what was this? I was talking about this with some people the other day. On my birthday, I had a little Bible study. Love my friends. I love that I surround, I'm, I love that God surrounded me with people who also love him. Because I love talking about him. So if you don't like Jesus and you don't like hearing about God all the time, but you like me, then I'm not sorry because I'm going to keep talking about it. Now, doo -doo -doo -doo. oh, I like uh, John 3, 6, that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. But that goes back to you know, self-discipline and stuff. And, you know, sometimes the flesh must die and that's all right. Your flesh not actually going to die. It just going to feel like it. <laughs> but let's go into John 3.16. Talk about the love of God and everything. We're going to start at 15 and then we're going to go all the way up to mm, 19 or 20. So John 3.15. That whosoever believeth in him should not be perish, or should not perish, but have ever 
eternal life, everlasting life, life everlasting. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now they literally said it. They said the same thing twice. That's so funny. I want you guys to know that I had no clue what I wanted to read about before this, other than, you know, my normal Bible study with Matthew. But I'm just going to lean on my, my feeling and how what God wants me to do and just follow his direction. Just, Lord, order my steps so I can speak to your people how you want me to speak to them. But notice that they said the same thing twice, back to back. Sometimes we need to hear things more than once to really understand it. You know, sometimes if, if someone is teaching you something and you think you got it the first time, you might not actually have it. You have it according to your understanding. But maybe when they say it that second or third time, you're like, ah, I missed that part. Or, oh, okay, I understand this a little bit better now. So now, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is a condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And I'm going to keep going. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and highlight. Mm -mm. We're going to do 20 and 21. And I already have 15 through 17. I'm going to do 20 and 21. Now, I don't remember the verse, but I do remember that I read it. And man is inherently evil. Man is wicked and inherently evil. And sometimes he makes us do stuff that we don't want to do. Or he makes us not do stuff that we do want to do. And I think that, I think that him making us, or him urging us not to do stuff that we do want to do hurts a little bit more than, you know, the other. You know, sometimes... I might want to eat five cookies. <laughs> Sometimes I might want to eat five of those soft cookies with the frosting on top and the sprinkles. But God's like, girl, you only need to eat one. But you could have two. But you're like, I want to eat five. These cookies are so good. And two is just not enough. Two is not enough to, to satisfy me. I need more. When in reality, you don't need any of those cookies. When in reality, you don't need any. 
But God is like, you know what? I know she really wants these cookies. So I'll tell her she can have one. And even if she take two, it's all right. Like, he's just so awesome, man. <clears throat> Sometimes he make you he make you stop doing stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you want to do anyways. That's essentially what I'm saying. And let me go back to Matthew. Because I remember reading this. There was a story that I saw not too long ago. And it hurt me. It hurt. Really bad. Because it was about a child. And the father essentially... He, he, he basically... He murdered his daughter. He threw her off of a bridge to basically hurt the mom and i was like lord why are we so why are we so why is this world so wicked why is it why do people do things like this like you know it's just i don't i don't get it how somebody could could do something so so evil something so hurtful and i was like lord why would how could somebody do that let me go and find it because I asked him that question and then the Lord just he showed it to me in the book of Matthew where's the sun mm -mm. well it was basically saying you know and and children like father will be against their children and brother to brother and children to parents and putting them to death and he literally showed it to me and I was like wow that is amazing but also just hurtful because he said he, he he told us a lot of the things that we see in the world happening today that confuse us and we're like Lord, it must be coming to an end. He told us this stuff was going to happen. He did. It just sucks a lot to see it happen in real time. You know, it's not like... It's not like it's outrageous. But it's just like, man... It does suck a little bit. That people... See, because I, I just... My heart where I come from I'm just taught to do good you know my heart I was raised in a loving household my parents are divorced but they both always always they always made sure that I knew that I was loved but I know that there's people on this planet that didn't get to have the luxury of two loving parents you know and I understand that that can really change your view on the world because some people it's like, well, if my mom didn't love me, then who will? If my parents couldn't love me, maybe I'm just unlovable. No. And I know this got real deep real quick, but I'll tell you, I'm not a therapist, but it's not your fault. That's on your parents who chose to create you, who chose to have you, who did not take care of you the way you were supposed to be taken care of. But you know what? As much as no one ever wants to hear this. No one ever wants to hear this. Because I don't want to hear this. 
but everything does happen for a reason, sweetie. And sometimes hearing that is what pushes you towards God's plan for you. And now going even deeper, one of the things I went through this year was a miscarriage. And it was one of the hardest things that I have ever gone through. It was one of the hardest things that I have ever dealt with in my life. But it pushed me closer to God. And it also pushed me towards the creation of my business. And now it's just you can take the things that the devil means to hurt you with and switch it around for the good of God's kingdom. And as much as no one wants to hear that, as much as no one wants to hear everything happens for a reason, I'll tell you firsthand, if I was six or seven months pregnant right now, life would be 10,000 with twins. <laughs> if I was six or seven months pregnant right now with twins, I probably would not even be able to walk up and down these three-story flights of stairs that I live in. Everything would be so much harder. But God blessed me with hardship and understanding, you know, that it just wasn't the right time. And you know what? That's okay. I'm glad that he was able to teach me and that I was able to recover by leaning on him. You know, because there's a lot of people in this world who go through things like that, who are further along than I was. I miscarried at four weeks. If, you know, there are people who, who are very close and, you know, then that unfortunate thing happens and they're never the same afterwards because they didn't get, they, they didn't lean on God to comfort them. They didn't lean on him to heal them. Like, it's not just physical you know, the physical hardships that you have to deal with with that. It's also the mental and the spiritual hardships. Because the first thing you want to do is say, Lord, why? Lord, why? Why did this happen to me? How could this happen to me? How could it happen to me? I'm so good. I try and do so good for your kingdom. I praise you. I go to church every Sunday. Why would this happen to me? I'm pretty sure I referenced Job earlier. Job was the only perfect man on the planet at that time. And the devil was like, nah, they only worship you because you do good stuff for them. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't like you for real. They don't mess with you for real. They just like you because of what you could do for them and what you have done for them. And God's like, nah, my children, they love me. And when they say they love me, they mean it. They mean it for real. That was like, nah, nah. So God was like, you could do whatever you want to him, but preserve his life. And now three, three of Job's servants, servants came like back to back. First one was like, look, look, let's go to the book of Job. Job 319. Job is in the Old Testament, for those that aren't aware. What page was that? <laughs> page 319. I'm pretty sure I said it out loud. Good job, Jordan. 
There was a man in the, in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So he was, he was very stuck to the word. One that feared God and eschewed evil. He loved God. He stuck to his word. And now... Chapter 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the land, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? He's boasting. God is boasting about Job. He's so proud of him. He loved him so much. He's boasting about him. Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. So this is, I skipped it. Speaking, speaking fell upon them. All right, and there came a message unto Job. Now we're going back into chapter one. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Here's the story. Then there came a messenger unto Job, and said the oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabines fell upon them, and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I, only I am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was speaking, there also, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And only I am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I, only I, am escaped alone to tell thee. Jesus, it was more than three. That's one, two, three. And then this one. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. <sighs> and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Mm. And then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. 
and said, Naked came I out of my brother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And now I'll tell you guys, the, 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 the second I found out that I miscarried, and I literally... I want to say, I don't, I don't know why I did this, but I do know why. I sat down on the ground because I was walking my dog and I was like, I said, thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I didn't want to say thank you, Jesus. And it kind of felt a little bit wrong to say thank you for what happened. But I know that that was the right thing to do. Y'all, you have to pray. You praise God through the good and the bad. I vow to praise you through the good and the bad. The good, bad, the ugly, the beautiful. Because we don't praise God for what he can do. We praise God for who he is. And he is good. And he is awesome. You know, and sometimes when we go through these things, it might not feel that way. But be like Job. And all this Job sinned not nor charge God foolishly. Don't say anything bad about God, man. He's not a bad guy. The other one is. God is a good one. Even though sometimes it does not feel like it. He is. So, I don't want to leave it on something so somber. So let's go to Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a pretty good one. Or actually, let's go to Proverbs. We're going to Proverbs 31 because I started this, I started today's episode with me wanting to save myself, you know, for marriage. You know, I want a ring on my finger. I want the, I, you, you know, I want to be married, bro. <laughs> You know, I, I like the idea. I love love. I love being surrounded by love. I love creating love. I love giving and receiving love. It's great. It feels magnificent. And God is love. But I want to be, I want to love the right way in God's eyes. And I want to be the type of woman that God wants me to be. And I'll say my women's ministry at church is P31, Proverbs 31. And he literally tells you how to be a virtuous woman. And it's Proverbs 31. It starts at chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 10. Chapter 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it 
with the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strength and strengtheneth her arm. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Now, let's see. Forget his poverty, remember his misery no more. Now, I, um, I like this. You know, Proverbs 31, like, I, I knew the, the gist of it. But reading it, it's just, it's powerful. It's very powerful. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Now, this podcast is called Sodom and I. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now where it, it we we not we're not really living in his will the way he wants us to, for real. You know, and that's why I decided to save myself for marriage, because it's important to me, you know. And it's something that I'm gonna have to actively work on, guys. It's definitely not gonna be easy, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's definitely not easy, but that's something that that's a goal that I want to achieve. And one quote that I like that I don't know who it came from or when it was said, but if you want something you've never had before, you have to do something you've never done. And now sometimes I can admit I'm not the most patient person in the world, but I will learn patience because the goal isn't to get married and just be like, oh my God, yay, I'm married. No, that job going to take some work after you get there, bro. Always understand. What I, it's, uh, always understand that I accidentally closed out the app. <laughs> I hope I didn't mess up the audio. And it made me forget what I was talking about. I wrote this down. The six R's. Reflect, release, regroup, respect, 
rejoice, receive, and ultimately heal. And now, the person that said this, she said, when you re release and then respect, but you don't take the time to regroup, you're repeating a cycle. So it's reflect. Something happened. Release. And now you're working on healing. You got to talk to God. Word, you ask him for help in your healing. Regroup. It's time to, to figure out what happened. Evaluate the situation. Mourn the situation. What happened? Respect. All right. Now I'm understanding it. I understand what it, the lesson taught me. I understand what I want to move forward having this information now. Rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glorifying God. Praising God. Giving him the thanks that he not only wants but deserves. And then receive. Receive your blessings in a, in a responsible way. You know, if you're asking the Lord to bless you financially, and then he does, and you spend your money on a Tesla, but your bills aren't paid, you're just showing him that he's like, that you don't need that money for real. You know, reflect, release, regroup, respect, rejoice, receive. And then, you know, the cycle's going to start over at some point in time because God's, he's pretty consistent. <laughs> you know, that's why he gave us this book. He's very consistent. So once you really understand and apply it, You'll, you'll, it'll be a lot easier to navigate through life. Well, now that I have brought it to a little, a slightly a better place, you know, still brought it back to sometimes the flesh must die. That's okay. I'm going to go ahead and end this right here tonight. I hope you guys have a safe and a blessed night. Love on your family. Tell someone, tell someone you love them. Appreciate yourself. Look in the mirror and tell yourself I love you. It sounds very vain, but if you can't do it to yourself, you can't expect other people to do it to you. You have to love you just like they love you. You have to love you just like God loves you. You also are worthy of your own love. So I'll go ahead and leave it at that. You guys have a great night. I love you. <laughs> and get some good sleep.